You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know what I want? That was pretty bad. That was actually brutal. 119 to 108. The Raptors lose the first of their doubleheader, their two game matchup in Washington against the Wizards. Man, that was <laughs> that was one of the most intensely frustrating games to watch the, the whole season, honestly. Um, it's kind of a fun little thing, but Yaka Pirtle has never made seven free throws in a row in the NBA, almost 500 games. He gives you 23, 13 boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks. He shoots basically 90% from the field. He's incredible. You completely waste that game. The Raptors were destitute. Pascal had 12 points, or I think it was 10 points, actually. My apologies. 10 points, four assists on 60% shooting. Maybe it was 12 points in the first half. He had one point in the second half. He hardly took any shots. And in addition to that, he just hardly scored the basketball. A couple assists here and there, but he was he was a total passenger in a game where the Raptors weren't succeeding, really. His defense also lacked quite a bit of, of punch. OG, I thought, was awesome. Uh, you know, Beal felt his presence, I think, quite a bit in this game. Scored 15 points. That was OG's check for most of it. But Kuzma gets 30. Porzingis gets 25. Gafford gets 18. You know, Scotty, 14 points, three boards, five assists. You know, he shoots 40% from the field. Pascal shoots 38. Fred, he gets 14 and eight. He's five of 17. The Raptors can't create things with regularity. They're also, their stars seem like they're just way out of sorts, right? Precious comes off the bench. He's horrific in this one. Gary comes off the bench. He's horrific in this one. Boucher, I thought was awesome in this game. Will Barton just, I've said in the other podcasts, I don't expect him to move the needle. Gives you seven minutes, doesn't even really register statistics, right? He's a minus 10. In Gary's minutes, the Raptors were a minus 26 somehow. Fred plays 40 minutes. He's a plus 15. The Raptors lose by 11. The Raptors were minus 26 in the eight minutes that Fred sat. Now, That doesn't mean that Fred's the hero of this game or anything. I I don't think so. I think that Fred came on strong in the second half after having a very bad first half. And even more so, like it wasn't even the start of the third quarter. It started for him. But man, the Raptors, that guard depth came up huge. Gary Trent Jr. is not creating a bunch. Pascal in this game doesn't create anything in the second half. OG with a little smidge of creation, but mostly a play finisher. I don't want to harp too much on him because I thought he was fantastic. We'll talk about the positives later. But this team just couldn't create and they couldn't defend. You know, when when Pearl's out there, sure, they can defend because they have a very talented, big, you know, kind of back the defense. But without him there, 
the Raptors are so disorganized. It's like they were supposed to find their footing as a more conservative defensive team with Pirtle there and should be with that new conservative, I guess, portions of the game, be able to ratchet it up when they have to, when he's off the floor to play a little bit more aggressive like they have in the past. Um, they've definitely benefited immensely from Pirtle's presence, but they've just been so bad with him off the floor. You can see kind of the correlation that Pascal's minus 10, Fred's plus 15. The big thing in this game is that Pascal played a lot of minutes without Pirtle and had to try and carry these units in the midst of a game where he was really poor. And Fred was being carried by Pirtle's presence, both as a finisher on the roll, although Fred did make some nice reads. And Fred, man, it's all about who you play with. And if you play with Pirtle right now, you're going to win your minutes. But the Raptors have to figure out how to win games and minutes when he's not on the floor. I just talked about it with the Bulls. They closed the game and won with Pirtle off the floor. Find your identity. Find that diversity. Be able to do something, man. You just got to do it. And this game, destitute, completely uninspired. Just like the, this was the most unceremonious loss I've seen this season. It was just horrible. They didn't do anything well, except for Pirtle, except for OG, and except for Boucher. Three players in what was effectively like an eight and a half man rotation. That's not going to cut it. And quite frankly, it wasn't close. <sighs> they should have had a chance in this game. Better than a chance. But they, um, they squandered it. They got a split, man. They got two more games against the Wizards down the stretch of the season. They got to get a split. Um, the the way that their head to head goes, it, it it looms large. They they gotta win the next two against these guys. We'll see. Yeah, this is a Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. It is of course brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, here's the thing about Goldfinger Law: you only pay if you win. The upside is obvious. If you 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 know if you lose, you don't pay. No, no harm, no foul, depending on what you lost about. If you, it's something big, maybe maybe there's some harm. Maybe there's some foul. But at least you don't have to pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're interested in that, 416-730-1777. Okay, let's, let's talk about the negatives. Actually, I kind of just wax poetic about the, well, not poetic. Uh, I don't have reverence for my own voice, please. I just complained about the negatives. Let's talk about the positives. Yaka Pertle is a very crafty big man on the roll. His ability to finish at the rim at like a very high clip, very high efficiency, anywhere on the catch from like 19 feet and in, figuring out how to use his pivots, his steps, and his dribble to get to the spot where he's most comfortable while on the move and kind of knifing between rotating defenders and never getting that charge, never getting himself into trouble and always ending up at the bucket. So important really weaponizes Fred Van Vliet in particular. Scotty, Pascal, as the rest of the season goes on, they have to work on that chemistry. They have to be able to utilize Pirtle's role rolling like more. And then they'll be able to utilize his role gravity more often. It'll start to make the offense hum a little bit more. In this game, I don't think they did a very good job, either of them. But Pirtle, the offensive rebounding too, seven of seven from the free throw line. His defense, I thought, was good. It wasn't saving the team. But it was certainly much better with him out there. Three steals and two blocks. I mean, five stocks. That's that's great. He was A plus, A plus, A plus. And same with OG. 
OG took one of the best scores in the NBA. And even though all the other things about Beal that are currently going on, you know, he doesn't defend very well. There, he's with Washington. Who knows about the the higher aspirations for that team? Whatever. He's there. He scores the hell out of the ball. He's still one of the best in the league in that regard. OG blanketed him to 15 points. And OG scored 26 on the other end. And he had a couple assists too. A couple really nice assists. Those those little those little passes on the interior, be it a lay down or like kind of a, a drop off pass in the dunker spot to Pirtle. His presence helps a lot. Um, friend of the show, T, uh, remarked upon this on Twitter. I, sometimes you listen to the podcast, so hi, hi, T. Um, hi, T. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on from that. OG was awesome. His defense was really good. He was a fantastic play finisher in this one. Early seals, getting to the bucket. You know, the early seals either in the half court, in transition. Um, you know, some of these flex actions that the Raptors run where they're mostly expecting Fred to set this flex screen and then relocate upwards, right? Come off of a pin down, start moving into like a motion pick and roll or something like that. That's typically what they expect, but they'll take any advantage they can off of the flex screen, whether it's typically for OG or Pascal. And they're, they've been hitting on some of those lately. And OG uses it as a really great opportunity to get deep uh, post position. He did that in this game. He had his threes in this game, four of nine from downtown, had a couple drives that were really nice, really got out in transition, finished there. And that was Jakob and OG. Those are your two starters who really killed it. And and Fred came on strong at the end. Great reads in the pick and roll a little bit. Um, had this one play. It was Fred came off the pick and roll. OG flashed to the dunker spot. Live dribble, push pass, straight to OG. Then OG goes up court. Like we see Scotty make those up court reads to cutters a lot from the baseline. Um, OG makes that read to Pirtle and he, he got fouled. He made both the free throws, obviously. Like that's that's really nice link up play from those guys. And so Fred came on strong, but still like a, a lackluster performance. Five of seventeen from the field. It's tough to swallow. That two for eleven from three. It's tough to get around that. And especially in a game where not only did the Raptors struggle shooting, but they struggled against zone as well. And and some of that zone came when Fred was off. But it's just like you you need Fred to finish plays. And uh that just hasn't been the case. Luckily, over the past couple games, Boucher, two of two from three in this game. I think that makes him five of seven from downtown over the past couple games. He applied pressure with his dribble on the Wizards defense. I thought he was pretty good the full game. He's not fixing anything defensively. He's rarely ever the guy who's like, I'm going to turn us around on defense. When the defense is going, that's when you really see Boucher get involved and he becomes like an additive, multiplicative multiplicative and he really you know elevates what the raptors do when they're going but he couldn't turn it around offensively though he always when he's going manages to kind of spark a little bit of energy into what they want to do and in this game i thought he did a good job of that but also the the problem with this is that he he was tagged with the lineup that just wasn't working and that lineup was the one that didn't have fred, that didn't have fred and most importantly Pirtle. and and i guess you know og also wasn't really there for that either. Well, I guess the second time it ran or the first time it ran, I don't remember exactly, but um, Boucher, the plus minus doesn't reflect his impact in this game. The same way that like OG and Pirtle being a plus seven and plus nine, it's like you get why they won their minutes. They were absolutely fundamental to the Raptors having any success in this game. And the Raptors just as a whole, man, 
they they did not perform well. Pascal's struggling as much as he did. For me, that's the most disappointing part of this game. Scotty is in a tough position. He doesn't get as many possessions that are geared towards what he wants to do um, as some other guys. And he's also being used as a guy to um, spread the floor. I think that applies somewhat to, and he's not well equipped to spread the floor, right? He's going to be given a lot of shots that he's not very well equipped to make. And that's tough. He's in a tough position. Pascal is too, to some degree. You know, he, he's being used as a release valve, one of five from three. He's been taking a lot of threes lately because the Raptors are low on shooting. Jakob's presence, as good as he has been, does squeeze the floor a little bit more. Thankfully, he's really great at navigating that space for himself, but it doesn't mean he can navigate it for Scotty and Pascal or Fred, right? Like it's still tight quarters in there and tighter even so with Jakob on the floor. But anyway, going off on a tangent here, um, Scotty, I think, struggled in this game, but he's the second year player. He's going to struggle. This is like par for the course. He's going to struggle. The cocoon of evolution, right? He's a butterfly at some point maybe even some games now. So his struggle is fine. Scotty gets to struggle. That's He deserves the leeway to struggle. Pascal in this game, this was out of sorts to be sure, but this was, even defensively, was pretty bad, right? And um, just, I thought that he was super underwhelming in this game. And the first half, I thought he was fine. When it came to the second half and, how little he was impressing upon these offensive possessions. And this hasn't been the case lately uh, this season. He's he's pretty, and especially over the Raptors' wins over these past few games, Pascal, even as he has struggled, has persevered through those tough times and ended up having really good quarters that help, you know, pull the Raptors through a tough offensive stretch or something like that. But in this game, he didn't really push through. And he also squandered the opportunities that came to him in the flow and some bad decisions in this game, four turnovers. Sure, he created a little bit, the six assists, whatever, but that's it. I, he didn't move the needle the way that he needed to in this game. And sure, you're, you're going to underperform sometimes, but this even seemed like a little bit of a, a step below that. Um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. I'm sure he'll be really good in game two, but this was a disappointing performance. And it was from the Raptors as a whole. There, there are things they need to do better to beat these Wizards. Namely, uh, most importantly, they need to shoot the ball better. It's 27% from three. It's just not going to cut it. You lose the three-point battle by 15 points. You can't do that. It's, it's untenable, right? You, you also you don't shoot more free throws. You are stuck in the middle of the floor where you're being converged upon, where the, the Wizards, they go double big to start. You feel the presence of coups. Gafford, Porzingis, right? Like really big in the middle of the floor. They're crowding a lot of that and they're running you off the line with Beal and DeLon Wright is great as well. It's worth noting that DeLon Wright, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl were all here. Like there's a there's a bench mob thing, um, a, a reunion as it were. But yeah, I thought, I thought that um, DeLon was great in this game. He's so good at the point of attack. And Raptors fans know this. And they know that when DeLon gets to kind of operate in space, he's herky-jerky, he's super clever, and he can play make with the best of them when he's not feeling the ill effects of his lack of shooting compared to other guards. And 
in this game, he got to play in space quite a lot. Seven points is a meager return, sure, but he, he only took seven shots and he had 11 assists and he was the anchor of their point of attack defense. And the Raptors struggled. DeLon was also great in the zone. I, I thought he was like a, an absolute game changer for the Wizards. Um, we talked to Baker, uh, you know, when we were previewing this podcast and he he mentioned how important DeLon Wright has been lately with, with Monte Morris out with the injury, right? And also Monte Morris just coming off the bench in a different role. Delon has been fantastic. So for I know there's I'm I'm a big Delon fan. I know that there's big Delon fans in the Raptors community still. People who were like wondering if it was going to be Delon or Fred who took that next step, right? And they both took steps in in different ways. Fred hitting a, a higher ceiling, but Delon in his own right finding really nice roles on a few teams over the time since he was on the Raptors. But this game, man, they got absolutely they got destroyed (laughs) is bad um reggie evans award 23 and 13 for mr Jakob purtle i thought that he was awesome in this game i think that if anybody deserves it tonight i would give it to him and now we're gonna look at the top cooker action comment i assume it's going to be negative or bad oh oh hell yeah this is a good one from ds quote Doughton tonight in the G League, 26 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 for 6 from 3, just saying, end quote. Okay, so I just wrote a piece, if anybody's interested, on RaptorsRepublic.com, kind of diving into Jeff Doughton's week up and the hour of game time we saw of him with the Raptors and reinforcing how good he has been, not only defensively, which is super important for these Raptors at the point of attack, but that Doughton was starting to come along a little bit more offensively and making the point genuinely and generally I shouldn't mix those two words up making the point generally that a lot of guards at the G League level like Delton have more offensive juice than they typically show but they play very conservative because they don't want to um, waste possessions with missed shots once they reach the NBA we saw this with Fred Van Vliet when he came up and Fred obviously was good enough to play offense at the NBA level. There's people who quibble about how good Fred is now and contract stuff, sure, but he's he's a good NBA player and had many years where he was just lights out offensively, especially as a, a tertiary player. Jeff Doughton, that three for six from three, he shoots 36-37% from downtown. It's it's the G League, but it's it's the same shot. The defense changes a little bit, but he gets to the rim he can make a lot of uh, playmaking reads. He's not going to usurp Fred. He's not going to um, do anything that's like crazy and change the complete shape of the Raptors. But I would rather play Delton than Will Barton. And like, yeah, I like Delton's game. I think he's impactful more so than Will. And, you know, maybe Will comes around and and starts, you know, hitting some threes. I don't know. He ran some pick and roll in this game, uh, most of it fruitless. Uh, I'd love to see Delton back up with the team, but he was with the 905. Um, I'm going to the 905 game on the 6th. I wonder if he'll be there because the Raptors play also that night. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, DS, great point. Delton is still, he's an option for this team. I don't think Barton should bop him out. We'll see. Um, especially, yeah, Delton's from the, he's from the DMV, actually. I Even just like on a personal note, it would have been cool if he came back. That's that's his spot. That's where he grew up. So, yeah, disappointing. 
Anyway, DS, thanks for writing in. Um, insightful, as always. Um, enjoy your comments, enjoy your thoughts, and your explorations into statistics. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> if you got into this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe. Most importantly, subscribe to raptorsrepublic.com. That's the biggest one. Cost money, yes, but I think that the work is worth it. I'm biased, of course. And uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in with me. I, I appreciate it very much. And uh, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>